Hello, and welcome to Sufficiently Black, the podcast that explores what it means to be comfortable in your Blackness. I'm Janae, here with my co-host. Kia. Ari. Wow. It's been forever and a day that we've seen you guys. So, hey, um, if you guys like have it, was that good? I thought that was so good. Yeah, that it was, it so was clever. It was good, but there was something about that. Hey, there was too much breath in that. Hey, hey. <laughs> um, um, it's been forever and a day, like I said, since we've recorded, since we've talked to you guys. It's been a minute because we basically were like, we tired, so we taking a break this summer. Um, we really hope that the playback episodes really kept you guys like entertained and happy, but we're back with some new kind of con content. Um, and also, if you guys want to keep up with us, you can follow us on like all platforms at Sufficiently Black. Um, and yeah, we also have a discord that we need to be more active in, but we're working on it. And if more of you guys joined, maybe more of us would join. That's not how these things work, but whatever. But isn't it though? Isn't it though? Right. We can't be, we talk to each other all the time. We can't just be in discord talking to each other. I know. Right. So how was everyone's summer? What's new lady trons? What's new? I think I'm already should go first. Oh, okay. Uh, I was about to say, I feel like Kia should, maybe she, Kia's like, I'm already about to bring everyone down, so I'm going to bring everyone up. Uh, <laughs> this was the worst summer of my life, to be honest. Um, so that's really, like, my, my update. <laughs> Can you tell us one high from the summer? Just one. Just one thing that made Amari smile. Um, I would say a high was uh, finally getting to go on vacation um, and go to Jamaica and see my family and be on the beach. I hadn't been to a Jamaican beach in four years. So that was, that was good. Um, but now I'm back and I sad about it because I realized what I'm meant to do with my life is um, be on an island far away from everybody Listen. <laughs> and just doing my business. That's a great way to end summer, okay? That's and actually, I feel like we didn't see any pictures from this Jamaica vacation, Amari. I didn't I didn't hear any updates. I didn't, I didn't see any pictures. Yeah. No, I mean, it was purposeful. I was like, I'm going on this oh, vacation. Oh, you said that. You and said I was like, that. I really yeah, need not too. to be on my phone or like to do anything. But I really haven't like been posting that much to social media in general. So I don't know when, if anyone will ever... <laughs> that's so funny because that's the only time I post is not during vacation but I'll take photos and be like okay this is my post and in the summer so that's the only time you'll get photos from me yeah I think it's like it's, it's like twofold with social I feel like because there was I just remember distinctly this one time in my, my life where I was like posting all this stuff and I looked at my Instagram grid and I got really jealous of my own fucking life because I was like <gasps> it looks so pretty and so when I'm like not in a particularly good space I just like disconnect and don't post because I don't want it to be unrealistic but then I feel like it's weird when I just like post good I don't know like good stuff so everyone I'm, does I'm, that though everyone does it but it just doesn't feel like it doesn't feel authentic yeah so I rather just like not 
do it um but I'm trying to figure out like a healthy balance because like my job is also social media so it, it also sucks to like that like social is now part of your resume so it's like if you're not if you work in social media and you're not posting to your platforms it's like what are you doing <laughs> yeah it's a weird it's a weird world we live in Kia, yeah, did you did you want to share what's going on in your life I guess uh, yeah I was gonna get some summer updates first of all we don't get we didn't get to talk about Beyonce's album on this podcast oh my lord that's a uh, whole episode in and of itself it is, maybe we like, should <laughs> I think we should just give like a highlight like I wasn't ex- I don't know what I was expecting but like I was really vibing out for like months on repeat and I've just started switching out <laughs> Renaissance still, or some other thing I'm still vibing out I feel like okay so what happened with me I'm stealing your turn Kia I'm stealing it's okay. your turn so if we're talking about Beyonce, right, the album came out and I stayed up until 3 a.m. listening to the album, right? My uh, good friend Sarah was here in town and she's like, we have to stay up for the bounce album. And we just stayed up listening to it. I was just twerking and sweating in my kitchen. It was crazy. I was trying to teach her how to twerk. It wasn't working, whatever. But right after that, or like during that time, I was going to Lollapalooza because one of the members of BTS was headlining Lollapalooza and he just came out with a new album. So like I was listening and sitting with his album and I don't think I was in like the headspace for Beyonce Knowles yet. And then after that stuff cleared out of my subconscious, cleared out of my life, then I had more room for the Beyonce album. But I feel like I'm still listening to it every day and I'm getting to this point where I'm like listening to the lyrics more and putting together the deep meaning of the lyrics. Like it took me over a month to sit with the songs and figure out what I loved, what I didn't love as much. And now it's just like, listening to the words I don't know if you guys do that but sometimes it can be hard for me to like grasp the it's words it's always hard for me to grasp words like even with my favorite songs like sometimes I'm like I don't think I know the true meaning I'm just yeah. like this is a vibe I like the song I like this artist so yeah I totally get that I would have to really dissect yeah um the only artist that I probably do that with is with the weekend and I wouldn't even say on like the level that I should slash could yeah I also think that k-pop has kind of made me like numb to words a little bit because that's true you you can't understand some of it exactly and every song I'm not going and looking up the English translation I honestly don't look up the English translation until I'm like oh I think this song means something deeper a lot of times I just be flowing with that shit um but anyway my summer my summer was very packed I did a lot and I feel like I traveled a lot I went here and there I was out the house a lot but like I don't even know what I did but I know I did stuff you know what I mean that's like, enough it just the summer went by so insanely quick but at the same time when I like think about June it feels like it was far away so that was vague. That. I went to a lot of concerts. I hung out with friends. I went to the beach. I went to the Jersey Shore a few times. Yeah. Uh, your Jersey experience. I'm we did Jersey go to the girl. we did go to the shore one time. Well, one time I went with you. Mm-hmm. Um 
And we went to a food festival, one of my favorite things. Oh, yeah, the Italian food festival. I had some delicious sausage there. I destroyed my toilet. I'm sorry, that was hot. <laughs> there's just certain things that I remember. And that one, uh, I I don't know what was going on in my head, but I immediately had to get Tums when I went home. Like, I almost <laughs> shot myself in the Uber. I'm not even joking. And I just I wanted to be respectful because Sarah was there. You have a sensitive stomach, I feel. Bro, even this Saturday morning, it was Me a and Kia for hung out on Friday and we watched Sex in the City and ordered food. And I get a text in the morning saying, My toilet is destroyed. <laughs> and I'm it's like, It's only going to get worse for you, Kia. If it's that I bad know. Now. I already ordered the Tums. I had that delivered yesterday. I was like, Bitch, prepare. I know mm. I'm getting worse. The crazy thing, if we're talking about getting older, which spoiler alert, that's basically what this episode is about, is that like I keep on having like tummy issues and I never had tummy issues before. Like I used to be able to eat whatever the fuck I wanted to whenever I wanted to. And I could just leap through life, although I'm lactose intolerant still like I could eat a ooh, my daddy calling. Oh, I okay. it was your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> no. I could eat like a pound of cheese. That's an exaggeration. And still Same. be like, I'd just be gassy. That's all. But now I'm in a world of hurt and I didn't used to be this way. And it's very frustrating. I feel the same way. And y'all know I love cheese. So like it's I'm willing to like go through through pain in my stomach for cheese. I'm, so yeah, I'm it's I'm lactose intolerant. So I'm all, I'm always been used to just like my stomach just not being right, and it doesn't matter how many pills I take, it's still not right. Mostly, I feel sorry for the people around me. But as an adult, what I've really been struggling is with the alcohol. Like it really will like two drinks in, and I'm just like not. Nah. It's gotten to the point where I'm also like. Is there a world where I just go completely sober? Because I don't, I don't I know. Do. I don't know if it's doing anything for me. <laughs> I've, I've basically been that like that for like the last couple of years. Not completely sober, but like it's very rare that you'll see me drink. Um, and the last time I like went like drinking, drinking was a wedding because it was open bar, and then I was like, it's open bar, it's summer, let's <laughs> rage. So, um. I had four drinks, I think. And again, the morning was rough. It was a rough morning for me. Out same. Alcohol, it's rough. The only substance that does not affect me like the that good old is, weed. is weed. That's that's, that's the it. only thing where I'll be like, like I won't be ruined the next morning. The worst yeah. is just like a little groggy. But after I like eat a meal and, and like do something, I'll be fine but yeah we just only think that hasn't hasn't destroyed me yet yep that's the only thing only thing this is like such not a good thing but I feel like the one thing that like keeps me shrooms like, cocaine I was gonna say drinking ecstasy okay y'all crazy I was gonna say the one thing that keeps me drinking is like I need at least like one glass to be around people who are like actually like actively drinking because that shit ain't like that's like I I can't I cannot I, I give a lot of credit for people who are like sober and consistently sober and dealing with people that are drinking around them because that shit that's annoying. true I only feel like I drink when other people drink and then I feel bad if it's just like me and like just two of us and they're like I'm gonna get a drink what about you and I it's like 
no I wasn't planning on it. and they're like oh maybe I shouldn't it's like I didn't want to ruin your drinking plans but I know myself and I know my stomach can't in my head and nothing can handle that even if Honestly, it's one glass one thing that I love about myself is that I can be dry. Like I can go to, Have fun. yeah, yeah. Like I can go to a party club and outing with people where other people are drinking. And this is the stipulation. As long as the music is decent. If the music Indeed. is decent, I, I don't, don't need- I don't trust anyone to, I don't even trust any place that I'm gonna think the, the music is decent. What, wait, huh? I don't know if I, tr- I don't know if I want to put that much faith in the DJ, you know? Oh, I see. I see. Like, I don't want to get disappointed because I yeah. feel like nine times out of 10. And honestly, for me, like, I feel like I like a lot of the music that uh, most people I'm with don't like. So for yeah. me, it's like, I'm like, I love this. And You're like, like house music. I, You're like, like, I can do it. And everyone's like, play the fucking no. song. I'm like, nah, I'll play the remix. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm like, if there is like a beat going on, if there's some like 90s music or R&B or some type of hip hop, some Okay. Like, Unpopular opinion though. Afro beats. I'm happy. I don't need anything. I just feel like a lot of times recently, it's like we're going too far into the throwbacks. Like once I start to feel like my dad should be here, I just think that's the where the function like happens. That's where Give the function happens. Give something I can two step to. Like I don't want to feel brothers. Like, yes. are, no, Stevie I'm Wonder. No. I don't want nobody making grind on club. me. Like, what? Yeah. No, no we had a good home. night at what was it in Brooklyn? Um, um cider that's a cider place. Oh, yes. I always mess up their name. Um, it's the the wine cider place. Yeah, it's a um, black owned cider place, and they yeah. have a DJ and all the old people. All the, granted, all the old folks were trying to dance with us too. Yo. But <laughs> the music was bumping, and I was like, yo, this is some. I was like, this is great because I'm having fun, and this is like a thing I could envision like Janae's parents and my parents like chilling with us at. it was it so fun great. it was so great like our parents would that. have loved that that for me that's the music that I was raised on mm-hmm. so for me and it's it always feels so good and I want to listen to that with my dad when I'm turning up in the club and high as fuck I don't want to feel that I want to hear the new shit I don't like turning up with my parents <laughs> I don't uh, okay I think we just have different relationships I, I love like my this, parents I love I them but this, I don't want to feel that in the club I have this dream of turning up with my parents. Like, I really want to turn up with my parents. This is going to be a Twitter poll tomorrow. But, <laughs> I can't be the only one that thinks this way. Like, I'm trying to have, like, a night with my parents. Because I think my parents are genuinely fun. But I just think that there are some things that I would be cool with doing that Darren and Paris would not. So it will always have to be tame. I want to yeah. let loose in the club. I don't want to feel like my dad's right there. That's, well, yeah, I'm not fair. trying to twerk on nobody well, around right. my daddy. I but can't even like, twerk, so that's out of the. That's <laughs> that's not even an option. <laughs> Kia's like, I'm trying to bust it wide open. Uh, no, I'm just saying, like, I don't want any limits. You know, it's 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 just a zero or ten for me. That's how I live my life. Zero or ten. <laughs> There's never an in between. All right, Kia. Well, speaking of, do you have any summer highlights you'd like to share? Yeah, I would say Beyonce. I feel like this is the fastest summer ever. And I know people say that all the time, but it is the fastest summer ever. Um, Yeah, I just enjoy doing a lot of outdoor stuff. I went parasailing for the first time, went whitewater rafting, went to Ocean City for the first time, Maryland, went to a Cape May weekend. 
hung out with friends, um, did a lot of family parties. Uh, my baby cousin was born, so that's nice, new baby in the family. Um, yeah, and, and the boo thing, a lot of boo stuff, which is fun. I was going to ask, do the people know that you're off the market? Yeah, that's that was our last episode. Oh, okay. The, we talked about it. We talked about that journey. Um, a lot of my friends are, I mean, I guess this is part of the topic. A lot of my friends are getting married. So now I'm going to weddings, which is really weird, a weird like concept, um, that we can dive into later, but yeah, I would say all good things. I always feel like I always enjoy summer. Cause it's just like, I know I'm going to be depressed for like six months, <laughs> but <laughs> it's always like, uh, I'm glad I, I did it, but it's like, uh, I wish I went to like more rooftops and like more parties, but it's like, I also did so much. I just, you can't fit everything, but it was a good summer. Okay, should we move next? Kia, you're going to speak some more. What's new in Black history? Tell the girls. Okay, September 20th, 1987, Alfred Woodard wins a Emmy for Outstanding Guest Performance in the drama series L.A. Law. It is her second Emmy Award. Her first having been for a supporting role in Hill Street Blues in 1984. Okay, so I didn't write up a script thing, but is this this is this significant to the award for Abbott Elementary? Amari. Well, yeah, because um, uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph won. Uh, what was it for Best Supporting Actress in the Comedy? And she was the only the second Black woman to win in that category. So and this so is she, the first one. Yeah, and she was the f- no, no, because this isn't a dramatic series. Oh, so sorry. this is probably would be impacted by Zendaya, who also won an Emmy her second. So she is now the youngest person to ever win. I think two consecutive Emmys and maybe the youngest person to win Emmy I'm not sure but yeah she definitely yeah she definitely made some some headlines there and also Lizzo won Lizzo and then there was also Carmichael um for his comedy uh special which yeah which was so good although Um, I was really sad when he got on stage because I was like he was like I made this at a great personal expense to myself because his family doesn't talk to him now (gasps) really yeah yeah so I was like damn he just looked kind of he like looked he was like at least it was worse like at least like his work you know yeah that was him that but it was yeah but it was kind of he looked like a sad boy kind of so well I mean the family need to get over it because it's already out in the air so you know but I think it's so interesting too because I definitely think it's like this I think this black cultural thing of like even though dirty dirty gets done like within families it's like we're not going to air out that laundry for other people to then comment on so because a lot of his you know comedy dealt with like things like inter like like family relations um but I also think it's not fair to like have someone go through a traumatic event and not let them process it the way that they would which is for him comedy I think that's also subconsciously like a white supremacy thought too though because it's like we're gonna put on this show like how people perceive us it's like on an, I, I see subconsciously it is white people it's we want to look like we have the family together and we don't want to act like we're like this ghetto family like especially in front of like that particular 
person. I don't know. I just think it's like maybe a subconscious thing that I've witnessed. Yeah. I mean, I also think it's like a, uh, and then maybe it's just like a people thing too, but people are just super judgmental. I say this as a person who is also judgmental. Um, but like also like within the black community. So like, especially if like his mom is involved in church. So like having all that shit aired out and like, she's like really deep in the church. I think there's like a whole lot of like societal, like, you know, like weirdness there, but I don't know. Like also there's just like a lack of accountability. Like people doing other people dirty and then like not willing to own up to the fact that like for him it was like his dad stepping out on his mom you know yeah it's like instead of her being mad at his dad she's mad at her son for Mm -hmm. explaining it but it's like where was that energy when this man was doing you dirty all through the town um but yeah I feel that well Amari Mm -hmm. do you want to tell us what you found on the internet Yes. I mean, one thing that's been bringing me joy, I think this week, it might be old news by the time this airs, but is that the Little Mermaid teaser came out with Halle Bailey. Uh, Love her. I'm obsessed with Chloe and Halle, have been for years. Um, And I've just been living for the reactions of little kids seeing her. Um, I put some uh, two examples, so hopefully they're in the show notes, but it's just like, obviously a lot of like, you know, black kids just being like in awe that Little Mermaid is black. Um, and then there's also this video of this little white girl being like, is it just me or does, is that, um, what'd she say? She's like, or is that Whitney Houston? But she said it in this really old lady uh-huh. Southern accent. It was the funniest thing ever. So I think there's been a lot of negativity, particularly from weirdo white men about, uh, Ariel being black when it's like, she's a mermaid. She's a fictional character. Just say you're racist and go. I wish I could right. have a shirt. Just, we'd rather that's the thing between white people and black people I feel like we're just straight up and I feel like white people always do some weird shit like that I'd rather you call me the n-word to my face than try to make up a whole tiktok about how scientifically it's not correct that Ariel is black and all this like we don't care we know you're racist just say it babes it's okay we've been dealing with it for 400 plus years y'all not any different but also but what's also weird is like you grown at you grown people are putting so much more energy into the conversation around this movie versus like other more important conversations that actually impact your personal well-being in life like can and you your children of, right can you put this amount of energy into like how healthcare in this country is subpar healthcare <laughs> gun control worldwide famine i mean climate change yeah, yeah climate rent change increases gas I, yeah. prices literally the world is a mess and y'all want to talk about ariel can't be black i just i i cannot fathom like what it's like to be that miserable i just can't because white people take miserable to a whole other level that it's just like not i cannot imagine i don't know i will say that when i saw the little mermaid i cried like i, I cried a first time i saw it the second time i saw it i I cried when I heard those notes. I was just mad. I wanted more. I'm like, this it's only a teaser. It's only a teaser. I know. It's, it's a I teaser know. for I a reason. Like, but she, but even in the teaser, she gave him. She was like, yeah. she was. She was like, wish I could be. I was like, ah. Oh. Like such little effort. I'm like, oh. Wait, I saw a meme that was so funny, and it was like 
black people in the theater for Little Mermaid. And then when she pauses, people being like, take your time, Haley. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Anyway, was that the thing that you found on the internet that brought you joy, Amari? That was the thing that I found on the internet that brought me joy. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move things along to get into our discussion for today. Um, as I teased earlier, we're basically talking about getting older, talking to our younger selves today. Um, And we just had, before even recording this episode, we just had like a whole 20 minute conversation about chin hairs, us talking about our stomachs not being the same anymore, gray hair. We're all in our late 20s now, ladies. We're all approaching, what Amari, what amygdala, you in your late 30s. I had, I had, I had to do the math because I'm like, I'm still not mid-20s, but you're right. I Nor, am babes. Late, I feel like 27 can be the end of mid-20s, but the start of- What? They would tell, if I would say mid-20s is like 24 to 26. I would say 24 to 27. You're, you're being delusional. 27, 28, 29 is late 20s. Okay. <laughs> Please stop. Please stop. Okay. Anyway, Yahoo's is old. And as the oldest person in the group, I am turning 29 in January. Oh my God. I'm crusted, busted, dusted. I feel like I'm the only person that is super, super hyped about the 30s. You're not alone in that. You're okay. not alone in that at all. I'm I- feeling different. Mm, okay that's interesting i don't think it's gonna be better but i don't think it's gonna be worse i just think it's gonna be different Mm. i think they both have their ups and downs i just feel like 30s is like your sexual prime as a woman (laughs) i feel like why i love that's how what you started with i love that's how because that is so true he doesn't talk dirty on the show but she she said i'm aware i'm most excited for i'm aware of stats on this subject and that is just a stat that i'm aware of so i'm excited to reach that and i just feel like i feel like with black people especially like you even look better in your 30s like i'll have more money hopefully god and i'm smarter like i'm wiser i'm not putting up with like any shit i don't know i just feel like it seems like great it seems like a great time I'm excited for my 30s too, because when I look, so I'm 28 now. And when I look two years in the past, when I was 26, like I was a whole different bitch, like 26 to 28, that was a different, different Janae. Um, And when I imagine myself being 30, I'm like, that's going to be a different Janae. Like I've grown so much. I've done so many great and amazing things my life, the quality of my life has gotten better. And now I'm like 30 year old Janae is going to be unstoppable. If 28 year old Janae is like, like halfway unstoppable. You know what I mean? I a thousand percent know what you mean. Cause I feel yeah. like 27 and maybe this changes as you get older. Cause like you said, two years ago, you look back and you're like, wow. And I'm sure at that time you were like, I'm doing great, you know, in certain aspects. But I feel like 27 is the first year where I, I feel like my life isn't like a complete mess. Like, I feel like it's like almost like, okay, I went through it the last couple of years and I'm finally like reaping those benefits. Um, and I feel like I'm not a dumb bitch. Like, I feel like maybe at 25, 26, someone could have like psyched me out, but I don't know. At 27, it's like, you know, the cutoff game is really strong. So I just, 
I feel like maybe I'll, you know, look back in two years and be like, damn, 27, I'm still wilding in some aspects. But at this present moment, I'm like, no, I'm really proud of myself and like every aspect of life. And I, I feel really smart and I like feeling smart. Plus I feel 27. Yeah. And to be fair, I think our lives have been generally pretty stable and like straightforward. I feel like Kia, your definition of messy is so different from well it depends on what aspect are you what aspect are you looking at like if you're talking about my family life like yes i'm blessed that that's been no i'm I'm even talking about like your job status because i know you've gotten laid off you've really gone through it with that and you've really worked you've really worked a lot to get to where you are today i'm not taking that away from you at all but you have gotten laid off of from top name companies and it's been completely out of your control Mm -hmm. there are other people who are your age and haven't even gotten to the heights that you've gotten to they haven't even gotten the the opportunity to get laid off of from a top name company you know what I mean there are people that that are your age who have only known jobs where they've had to punch in to a clock yeah but I would also say like that that also comes with a lot of like knowledge of like even the difference of being laid off the first time versus my mentality of being laid off like the second time is like drastically different Mm -hmm. like and I was telling someone this like again with stats like I'm always looking at stats but like the way women operate in the workplace like yes there's also like sexism and systematic stuff but like I started paying attention to like vocabulary so like instead of being like apologies for being late I'll just say thank you for your patience because that's what men say and it sounds more so confident versus apologies like thinking of that or like and I remember a stat we were saying like when women get laid off they basically like ask for the same amount of money because um they're just happy to get a job and that's exactly what I did the first time I got laid off I asked for the same amount of money and I realized that I shot myself in the foot by probably like about 10k minimum of how much money I could have gotten but I was just happy to get a job And so I was really adamant about like the next time that I got laid off, it was like, I was able to increase by about 40% because I had this mentality of like, okay, this is a learning aspect. And like, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. Every time I do something at work, my first thought is like, if I was a white man, what would I do? And I do that. And I I think like so many people should think that way because honestly, it's life-changing. It's it's like life-changing. 100%. What What I'm saying is you're ahead of the curb and you've always been ahead of the curb. Thank you. I hope I become at the top. That's the goal. This witch said, I don't want to be ahead. I want to be the top of the curve. I, I do. am the curve. I do want to be the top of the curve. But I will say just it, not, not so about getting life off because I'm so grateful for that experience because it's it's really changed my mentality and like the course of my life. Like if I didn't get laid off in pandemic, I probably would would not be, you know, I don't know. It, life would be different. So I'm happy for it. I don't need to go through it again, God, though. Don't don't take that for that. Of course, of course. Amari, did you have anything, any surface level reflections about, I don't know, getting older before we dive into some more specific questions? I don't know. I think like not to be like the annoying person is that like I've always had this feeling of I was born old, like like legit just old through and through so it, I feel like my body is like starting to like calibrate to like the normal level so it's not that I necessarily feel like different I mean I do think like maybe my approach 
to things are different, but that's also because I'm in a lot of therapy um, and I'm continuously trying to work on myself. Um, although my therapist was like, maybe you don't need to work on yourself as much as you think you do. And I was like, wow, thank you. Um, but I honestly don't feel like a tremendous difference. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It's just, I don't, I don't know. I've kind of just like always been this way. <laughs> I feel like every, you remind me of taking us back to our episode with Mecca when she said like that shift at 27, but you just turn, you just kind of turned 27. So maybe there's like, this is like entering your shift. Mm, 27 is a big age for like everyone where like big shit happens I believe in the shift and I don't at the same time because I Mm. feel like people shift at different ages right it's not like everyone hits 27 and that's your shift because I've seen a lot of people who hit 27 and that shift did not happen because they like 37 and still Mm. acting well it's also about choice though like it's also like what are you gonna do with this thing that's handed to you right like we could all be the same person or we can take something and be like maybe this is a sign I should change I don't know yeah I don't know I'll just say 27 has been a rough year for me so I don't necessarily want to feel like this is the shift and maybe maybe the shift needs to come in how I react to the things that have happened since I've turned 27 but it has not it's it's been not a great time so yeah I think from my perspective the shift is both great and or shitty things happen that make you kind of change your perspective on life. So for some people, it's great and amazing things happen. For some people, it's shit that drags them through the mud that changes their perspective on shit. So you might be going through it right now. But I mean, there clearly is a difference of like, you know, your job, even now, like your responsibilities, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a, that's a huge thing. I would say, for like, sure. you know, we couldn't have the same jobs we have now versus like 24 yeah. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Um. I know. It's so crazy when I think about, and this will actually roll into our next, really, our question. I wanted to do at first, like, a reflect on our younger selves, but I feel like the younger self prompts about working, friendships, love, family, and yourself, like, they all, they're all the same, so we'll just roll right into those, but um, I do feel like we all started off in such different places in our careers when we started this podcast. Um, and now we're all so much farther along in our careers and higher up. I mean, you two both manage teams. I've completely shifted like direction for my work. It's just, it's just changed. Um, so what would you tell your younger self about working and your career? And I guess I'll start what I would tell my younger self is like, stop being in such a rush. I think when you get to high school, right? Everyone is like, where are you going to college? Where are you going to college? Where are you going to college? College, 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 college. And college is just to prepare you for the real world. So really it's in the back of your head. And then once you get to college, it's like, I need to get a job. I need to get a job. I need to get the best internship so I can get the best job. I need to take resume workshops. I need to do these things. Um, And I was just so worried about not being successful and not finding a job. Like 
the way I was worried, the way I was afraid. I was so afraid. And I just wish that I could tell myself like, girl, calm down. It's going to all work out. Like you've worked hard. Everything always falls into place the way it should be, no matter what, like it, that's how my life has been. And that's, I feel like how a lot of people, it is for a lot of people. I think that's life though. I think you actually like, you're a hundred percent accurate. Like I feel like, yeah, that mentality of like, cause it's so much pressure on you. You're just like, what are you going to major in? Do this, that. And I, I was always go, go, go. And like, yeah, I, I, I definitely probably could have slowed down a little bit, but it's also like, it's also a weird dichotomy too. Cause it's also like, that's all of that has helped me to get here at this point. So it's like a weird balance. Cause you don't want to, you know, have the mentality of like everything will work out and then you don't work at all. You know, there's like a weird medium you have to find and it's very hard to grasp. Um, but I also feel like with career, yeah, I think it'll fall in the place. Cause like, if you would have told me my career path, like it's just a bunch of ups and downs. And like, I never would have understood that, but I remember like a lot, it's just like, you know, if I wanted to drive to California, I could, I don't know how the fuck I would get there or the, or the map, but I could put it in the GPS and I can get there. So it's kind of like, I know I can get there. I don't, I just don't know the journey and what I'm going to go through, but like, I, I will say the faith thing is like a huge thing where I was struggling a lot on the pandemic and you can hear that in our spirituality episode where I was just like, you know, at, at the end of the spirituality thing. But now I really feel like that's kind of shift where it's like, this is what spirituality means for me. And like, every time when like, even something happens with like money, I'm like, I know I'm going to get the money. I know I'm going to get extra money and it'll fall into place. And like, there was a freelance job I really wanted. And I was like, I really need this money. I really need extra money. Cause like, I don't know, something with my apartment or a car or whatever. And I was like, damn, I really don't want to go on my savings. And I didn't get it. I was bummed. And then, you know, a couple of months later, I ended up getting a different role that was like triple that pay. So it's like, now I'm, I'm having more faith and like, it'll work out. And I remember like when we were at Vice, I was like, I'm never going to get out of this assistant role. How the fuck are people managers at 27? Cause I was like, what, 24. And I was like, it's looking bleak. I have no idea, but it was just like, it was, it, it worked out. Amari, do you want to share what you would tell your younger self about work and career? Um, I feel like you covered it a lot in that, like, don't rush, don't beat yourself up. Um, I feel like I had a, like a low key, like career crisis when I was younger, just because I got to a higher level a lot quicker than I had expected. And so it was like, oh shit, like, where do I go from here? Cause I thought it would take, it would have taken me a lot longer to get here. And then I went to grad school cause I'm like, I need space. Cause I need to reconfigure what, like my career is and and what I want to do um but I would probably um like be like don't don't be so like rigid in in your idea of like what your career is gonna be also just because like my career was not like what I envisioned it to be at all like from like when I went to school it's like oh I'm just gonna be a writer like I'm gonna be a staff writer um and now I'm in like audience development and social media. I'm like, I don't want to, I could never be a writer for a publication. You mean like every day I'm going to have to write like a thousand words on something. Um, so it's just different, but uh, I would say like, don't stress as much as about the job, but also just like continue to be um, curious and like 
always willing to learn because I feel like a lot of people sometimes reach a point in their career where they're like I know all I need to know and like that's it um and I think like what keeps me going is just like being very honest like I don't know everything and I'm gonna need to I'm gonna ask a lot of questions um so I would I would say just like keeping that with your career um it's good also yeah like don't stress out because like your career is fucking long like I'll just be sitting here like but you're gonna have to do this for like 50 more years yeah I face yourself (laughs) yeah I actually wanted to share that too thank you you reminded me that I had this moment when I got my first job and I'm just sitting in the newsroom watching people type and I can, you can feel the anxiety in the room. People aren't talking and I'm just sitting there my first day and I've worked so hard to get to this point that I didn't think I was so focused on the point of getting a job that I didn't think about what comes after that. And I'm just sitting at this in this newsroom, like, is this it? Like, so for the rest of my job, for the next 40, 60 years, I'm going to be behind a desk. And that's it. All summer, no breaks. Like, I I was just like, in that first day of work, I was like, no more summer breaks. No more getting permission from my mom to take a day off school if I don't feel well. (laughs) It's like this. And it's easier said than done to, like, do what you love, like. Mm-hmm. um first of all it's that's an exhausting route I mean I first off that. finding what you love to do one and two knowing that what you love and like doing might change yeah also, there's you all need this to, it's sorry like, no it's okay we the, basically I was gonna say that and it's also like we live in a capitalist society so it's like you do got to be realistic it's like I love to dance and sing but I'm not about to tour with Beyonce. That's just, it's not going to be lucrative and I just can't do it. Like, you know, it's like, you have to be realistic and like, I have to like take care of myself. Um, I can't just like rely on other people to do that. And also I feel like it's like, I kind of wish that people didn't talk about like monetizing their hobbies all the time. I don't know. I just feel like there's like work a day. You'll never work a day in your life, but it's like, I don't know. We need to like pick and choose what, what falls in that category. And it's like hard to, hard to decide that. Yeah. Also just be realistic about like what work is. Like, I don't know. I've I've been thinking about the law and having a lot of conversations with like um people about this whole idea of like like what work is or that thing, like, oh, love what you do and like you'll never work a day in your life. It's like I actually like my job, like I actually like what I do, and every day feels like a hella amount of work. Like it's still fucking work, but at the end of the day. I only have a job because like, I need money. Like if I didn't need to work and I could just have money on the fly, I, I like, I wouldn't be here. Amen. You know? Amen. So, it's basically just, like, the best of the best of like, the, I don't know what to say. Best of like, I don't know, this fucking world we live in. I don't know. It's like, yeah, I love what I do, but it's like, it's still fucking work. You know, it's like, I'm lucky that I get to do what I like. Cause a lot of people aren't, aren't fortunate enough. So it's like, I guess we do have the best of, the two evils I don't know yeah like I don't even like when the day is hard like I step back I'm like damn like so grateful that like I have like this is my job and like I get paid to do this because I can't imagine like doing something that I didn't like and and doing it but but then at the same time I really feel like there is like this new wave of like how people think about work and it's like I'm a clock in I'm a clock out I'm gonna do like this like I'm gonna do this line like it's gonna be very straightforward and that's it 
So I feel like there's like this really weird, like, um, what's it called? I don't know what it's economy or like there's like a, a continuous like tension between like how we're changing the way we work and then like people's expectations about like what work is, you know, like, I don't know. Very true. Very true. That's, that's very true. Before we get too far away, I want to bring it back to what you would tell your younger self about friendship. Does this speak to anyone? Ooh, to, to... to okay, Kia, take it away. Yeah, I guess like friend. I guess well, I guess we never have a guide to anything in life, right? We're always just like figuring it out. But I feel like friendship is something so hard as an adult because it's like no one for your whole life. You all have been like you know in the same school in the same grade. We can all connect on that for for most of the middle class who's lucky enough to go to college. We have this college experience together. Uh, in our early 20s, most of us, 98% of us are poor, right? You know, like we're all working assistant level. We all are bitching about our boss, that white bitch, you know, on our team that's making our life hell. We, you know, we all have one. Um, <laughs> but it's just like, we're all going through it. But like your mid-20s, like shit starts to change. Like some people are still on assistant level at mid-20s. Some people at managerial, you know what I'm saying? Or like, it's just weird because you're you're realizing like, oh, we are not all on the same path. Like our paths are switching. It's like a big difference. And we could talk about that with love and, you know, marriages and we could talk about that after. But I think like for me, it's like something my friend told me that has been really helpful. It's like sometimes you have to put friends on a shelf. And like what that means is like sometimes your friendships are going to be stronger with a certain people at a certain time. And sometimes you just got to step back, step away from people and hope that it like you rekindle that and with the people that I think are meaningful I've been able to do that like maybe I will step back but I know at the end of the day you might text me in a month and like we can you know go back and it's no hard feelings some people you just got to cut out because they on some bullshit but it's just like knowing that line of like who is it always figuring out like who is worth to keep and who is striking out or like who to put on the shelf and who not to but I do think like something I've witnessed recently is like, I think a lot of people equate friendship with obsession. And I think that's really dangerous. And I don't think that's like talked about enough where it's like, I think some people have this idea of like friendship where it's like low key, like you should just be available anytime I text you or anytime I want to hang out or, you know, you should do whatever I want to do or like this type of obsession. I've witnessed it with like a couple of people and I'm just like, that's a, that's a very dangerous and selfish way to live. And I also think if like, I, I'm very anti-obsession, anti-obsessed with my friends. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be obsessed with anyone, but I feel like some people kind of reta- retaliate in a way where it's like, that's not healthy. Am I making sense or tell me if I'm just like crazy? Okay. I, just, I don't want to sound like I'm like crazy and everyone's like, what is no. this bitch talking about? But it's just it something sense. that I've witnessed over the last couple of years that I paid more attention to. I I'm not just friends with you I'm friends with other people I have to share my time with my job my hobbies my you know freelance projects my family my boyfriend my friends like you, you're just not you know and I feel like she she kind of just like rewards people who are available to her all the time and it's just like I don't know I I, I feel like that's just a pattern I've witnessed I don't know if anyone else has witnessed that Amari, you can go. 
No, I was just gonna say I had never thought about it in in that in those terms. Um, but I can see how that like exists where people just feel like you always have to be available for them. But I feel like with friends, I guess I've I guess I've been like relatively good at boundaries or like people just know that like I'm gonna give them the time when like I have the space and I'll be like really intentional about that like I can't always give you the same amount of time and like different stuff changes and I'm not offended if someone doesn't reach out to me Mm -hmm. I take that back because sometimes I am offended but I think it also depends it's very I think it's like situational but I think that's a thing sometimes that like people forget it's like you can't have a blanket like like a blanket umbrella for all your friends like how you approach each individual is going to be individual because like they're a unique person and they they function differently um I also am just like very um I'm very skeptical of people that like I do I think what I've come across sometimes in my adulthood is like people who want to be everyone's best friend and manage Mm -hmm. to be like close to no one or like genuine at all and it's Mm -hmm. like you're more concerned with like the being number one in my friend book versus like actually I don't know listening to me as a person (laughs) so that's something that I've I've kind of cued into to some people as as adults which I find like interesting toxic and just off-putting wow that's interesting um I really resonated with like the first chunk of things that you said Kia that like um friendship like things really ebb and flow and sometimes when you as you get older friendships kind of fall away and all you can do is kind of hope that they rekindle and if not it's not and there are always those friends you have that you cannot talk to for months and then talk to again like nothing has changed I think now in my life I'm really kind of prioritizing kind of low effort friends. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but just people where you don't, they're like succulents. Like you don't need to give us an example. I think I know what you're saying, but like, are you saying like when you hang out with people, it has to be like a spectacular. Is that what you're saying? No, no. Like I'm you saying... hang out with them once and it, it, it like, they hold on to that for like, they could hold on to that for exactly. months and then exactly. you water them again. And it's like, Okay. I like that. I feel feel the same way. That's why I was like, when I had this thing with someone who kind of like didn't understand that it, I was like, Oh, I guess not everyone approaches friendship like that. And I just, I just feel like we're getting to this point in our lives where we get older and there's kind of less energy and time that you just have for people in general. And as I get older, I'm kind of feeling toward friends that demand more energy and effort, very turned off. Because I'm like, I'm busy. All of the people I fuck with are busy. Why aren't you busy? You shouldn't need my validation. You shouldn't need my constant check-ins. You shouldn't need my constant support. You should be able to do that yourself at our big age of damn near 30. Now it should be your kikiing with your friends and talking to your friends. And of course, there are friends that you talk to daily. There are friends that you talk to weekly, monthly, However, that trickles down, but it shouldn't be a, I didn't text you or tell you about X, Y, and Z and you're upset. 
It should be a, I didn't text you or tell you about X, Y, and Z, and you give me grace and space. Or you reach out to me if you want to talk to me and don't give me no bullshit. Just, you know, keep it cute. Keep it cool. Keep it fun. Keep it light. I love the, why aren't you busy as well? Like, I why love Why aren't you that. busy? Why, why, you why busy? don't you have other friends to talk? Like, why are you relying on me so fucking much? It's, I, I yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, that's, you know. And I I love all my friends and I definitely look around my life sometimes when I'm like, why don't I have a man to hold me? I'm like, I do have a lot that that was why don't I have a man to hold me in case that wasn't obvious. But I look around and I'm like, but I do have a lot like I have a great safety net and network of great friendships and great relationships with other people, which is still very fulfilling. So. Yeah. You also briefly mentioned something where it's like, I think, well, me and you kind of talked about this on Friday, where it's like, we're too old for people mm. not to be direct enough, especially with friendship, yeah. where people are still kind of like beating around the bush of like, if you don't want to hang out with me, say that, please, please. Again, like I said, with, I'd yeah. rather you call me the N word than say I'm not racist because I'm not a dummy. I know you don't want to hang out and that's okay. I'm not going to yeah. get mad. Um, I, promise you there's 80 other things I could be doing I'm not gonna it's not the end of the world but I do it's really incredibly off-putting where and I'm trying to give people grace but there's a lot of times where I'm like I just feel like we're too old to have that mentality yeah and one of the mentalities that I think we're too old to have is like beating around the bush especially when it comes to plans because it's like our time is valuable we all have sacred time so it's like why are you if you want to keep your time that's okay just say that like I'm just extremely put off with like that type of you're almost 30 and you can't tell me that you, you don't want to hang out like come yeah on. I feel like we're getting too old to be clingy we're getting too old to be flaky all that stuff just be just be straight up just that's be funny because I feel like that's the easiest thing I've been able to tell my friends is like hey I don't feel like hanging out I feel like going out like you won't see me this week and see but I've been called I've been called flaky for that <laughs> So it's not flaky. I don't, I don't if you, think that's it's flaky. Not flaky. If you straight up say, if I ask you, Amari, do you want to hang out on Friday? And you straight up tell me, no, I'm not feeling it. That's not flaky. It's flaky if you tell me, I don't know, dude, check it with me on Friday morning. And then I check with you and you hit me up at Friday at 6 p.m. talking about, nah. Like, why didn't you just tell me that? We know you weren't going to come. Like, mm-hmm. you know what or I'm saying? Or if you give an absolute and emphatic yes and then come day of you ain't nowhere to be seen that's flaky but if we had plans to hang out and you say like a few days before girl I ain't even gonna be mad at you even day of if you do it in a in a a timely manner if we had plans to hang out at seven on Friday and you text me at nine or ten a.m saying girl the math ain't math and I'm gonna say cool I'm gonna stay home drink some wine, smoke a J, watch a movie, giggle, fall asleep. I'll catch you on the flip side, girl. I I feel the same way. I feel the same way. So I just, I don't think that's flaky at all. I think if, you know, we have plans to go to a club, it's 10 PM, I'm dressed and three shots down. You talking about, I'm not making it tonight. I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be pissed. You're dead to me. You're dead to me. (laughs) Like, bitch, what the fuck did I get drunk for? (laughs) um so yeah I don't think it's flaky if you're straight up at all I will never get mad at someone for being straight up yeah um let's cruise on into our next one what would you tell yourself and this is a big one about love and dating 
I want to hear Janae first. Oh, uh, wow. You know, I feel like this is segregation. I feel like I'm being ganged up on by the two hoes in relationships. No, I didn't say because nothing. Because I asked you, you a question. How you I asked you in? a question. Now it's Jim Crow in this bitch. No. Wow. I'll go. I'll go. Okay, so my younger self. Very similar to work, actually. Slow down. He's gonna come. It's so crazy because I've spent like all of my life feeling one, not good enough for love and romance and feeling two, like he's never gonna come because I'm not good enough. And just watching everyone else around me get in and out of relationships and having these love stories and just being like, where's mine? But in my elder age, I'm really feeling like it's cool. Like I'm, I'm too much of a catch and I'm too great to not eventually find my someone. Like I'm, I am a plus and it doesn't matter that I'm not five, five. It doesn't matter that I'm not 135 pounds. It doesn't matter that I'm I don't know, a video producer, like none of that stuff matters. I'm fantastic. So he's going to come eventually. I've been dating more. I've been putting myself out there more. I've been doing more things. And having more of these experiences has only shown me that I'm not the issue. Everything else in this world is the issue. I'm doing what I need to do to be an amazing partner one day to someone it's the rest of these hoes and hoettes and Negroes that just like aren't on my level. And that's okay. And one day the, the man who I have been searching for, he's saying the same thing. He's saying, damn, these hoes just ain't on my level, but I'm great. And one day I'm a finer. And one day he and I are going to walk into each other and it's going to be like, wow. And he's going to be like, wow. And then we're going to get together. And that's it. Until then, I'm going to live my life. I think that was a solid, solid, solid response. But I think, yeah, it's like, I think it's more so like the part of like you being good enough, which I think like also can be in like your career and your friendships and your family and all this stuff that like kind of seeds into your love life. Um, I would just tell myself, bitch, your life is not a rom-com. Like chill the fuck out. <laughs> there is not a camera crew following you around. Like you're not going to meet someone at a bookstore and it's going to be fireworks. And then you're going to go off into the sunset. Like I still think that's going to happen for me though. Yeah, it will. I believe in I believe in that for you because honestly, I will say I have been a witness to other cute stuff happening to people around me, like meet cues. Like I've seen meet cues on the subway, and I was like, "What the hell?" But it was a black couple, so you know, I was like, I was fine. I was like, "You guys do you." You and your man have a story that a lot of people don't have. Okay, yeah, I think that's a meet cute. No, it's a little messy, but like. Messy is good. Messy is a love right, story. Uh, right. But it is messy is a love story. But at the same time, I do want people to recognize even that, like, it's like the, like, he always says this too about like being black and like being successful. Like it always doesn't have to come with the struggle. And I really do want people to also like in their relationships, like what, like, yes, it ended up good, but it did not have to be messy like that. Um, 
and that would have probably also been like me like being more upfront like from the beginning and like fixing my boundaries which also as an adult now I have those boundaries and we're very clear on where I stand on certain things um but like it didn't have to be messy like that mostly like you Janae it's really the other person it wasn't me he got he got his stuff <laughs> he got he got to the point where I he was, needed to be <laughs> I was gonna say that but I didn't want to call you man out Omari I don't think you did no no nice sweet and patient okay maybe you could have worked on a boundary or two but come on we all could at one point or another you ain't do nothing but be patient with his ass okay I know but what I'll say is growth is that like also like the other person recognizing that it didn't have to be that way and that they also wish that they had come to that conclusion sooner so I think like that's pretty a big deal I would say like most people don't don't get there um but I still strongly believe like especially with black people yeah we we we, we've only been taught struggle but damn this dog is like barking in my face sorry her mom's coming soon um Oh, also, side note, I started watching Dogs on the Side, y'all, because, you know, I love dogs, so I've been booked all the way till November. I'm popping. Like, we but, thought we got rid of Dreamer during these sessions. Now she just has a random dog. <laughs> I love Dreamer. Dreamer turned 14, by the way, but yeah. Dreamer is adorable. I'll just, like, <laughs> just Dreamer in the corner just whimpering. <laughs> yes, he is a mess, but now I have this dog whimpering, but yeah, I started on Rover, because I miss, you know, interactions living alone with dogs and animals. And I was like, I love a temporary dog and not being fully committed to them. So yeah, I started watching dogs. Um, and now this one, this one has an attitude. She's very much a human. Um, her parents are coming like within the next 10 minutes. Um, what was I going to say? Something about struggle and then something else you said. Fuck. Talking about love, dating, relationships. Yeah, but you said it was something particular. Oh, meat cutes. I think we need to get rid of this almost obsession with that because I just feel like it's not, you know, eight times out of 10, it's not going to happen, which is okay. I don't think love is any less like, you know, valuable versus you meeting on the subway versus you meet on Bumble. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like for me, um, the same person you meet as Bumble is just going to be just as good or shitty if you meet them in the club, good or shitty if you meet them on the subway good or shitty if you meet them in the grocery store so i think we're too focused on the story like i want this love story for this wedding all stuff does the nigga treat you well does he treat you well because i think some people need to focus on that i think we need to get rid of the meat cute and we also need to get rid of the idea of love at first sight because i think we also need to be able to like differentiate between love and lust and all these different things and i'll also say that like i I don't like for me it wasn't love at first sight it was like love at first comfort like I was I found someone that I was comfortable with like immediately so like I feel like we need to like reframe what it is because men don't make me feel comfortable (laughs) or safe so to find someone that makes you feel that way like I think that's what you need to focus on versus like do I want to jump his bones you know yeah and I think I think we all are taught these things as we're younger and it's a lot of undoing that, that thing because for me it was like comparing a lot of experiences and it was also like once when you find someone that you're like oh I feel like I've known him forever that's not good you you talk to people who are like experts that's not a good feeling that that means some weird shit is about to go down. Like, I just feel like we, we have these ideas of like that, or like, I don't have butterflies. Butterflies is anxious. You're anxious and we don't want to feel that. 
Like what we want to feel is like you meet someone, not necessarily on the first date. Sometimes it can happen, but I feel like over time, like you said, it's comfortable. It's like this person is comfortable. I'm learning about them and they feel like home versus I'm focused on the meet cute, the butterflies, love at first sight, because we're we're always going to be disappointed. And there's also like, um, I forgot which expert said that, but a lot of women with their husbands, they they once they start going on second dates their um dating success gets better because I think for women we we definitely are like nope it's a wrap now listen if the if he like doesn't pay or some weird shit or like can't do whatever yeah cut it off but like I feel like if it's you know Kia has grown as a human with this statement what if he doesn't pay no, just, that. Wait, no, no, just... no, no, no. I'm saying just going on a second tape because oh, you know, yes, before is... where it was like, we, yes. like you progress. I would cut off at anyone by, yeah, I would be like, ah, no. But it really was when I listened to this podcast and they were talking about second dates and that I really had to change my mentality on that where I'm like, oh, this takes time. I'm not going to know at the first date. And that really did like with my boyfriend, I always tell him like after the first date, I was like, eh. I don't know but you know it wasn't until the fourth where I was like no I'm he's he's it like I'm I'm sold so it's just like I don't know that is a growing thing with me I mean I can go on and on about my journey on love and relationships but a lot of it was honestly like a lot of information I just sought out and like podcasts and like it changed my mentality um and like yeah okay what would you tell your younger self about family oh your family is gonna get on your nerves and that's okay that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think we feel like too bad and like this pressure to be like a perfect daughter, perfect family member, perfect sister. But it's like, it's okay to get annoyed at your family. And for me, like now I prepare myself. Like my, I was with my family the majority of the weekend. Sis, you were going to get annoyed and that's okay. Cause that's family. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like too many times we like beat ourselves up or like our family beats us up for like arguing, but like, that's what families do. It's normal. So I would say like, it's okay to argue. It's okay to not agree with your family like y'all still family yeah I would I would say that your family is human specifically your parents your parents are human as I feel like when we're younger we look at our parents as if they're superheroes that can do no wrong no wrong at all and then you get to a point as an adult when you realize that your parents are just as you know, figuring it out. I mean, it's so funny. My dad always used to say to me, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And I just always just be like, ha ha, dad. But it's so honest because our parents, just like us, don't feel like adults. They don't. Not at all. They don't know what they're doing. They're still figuring it out. Are they more wise than us? Yeah, but they're just as human as we are. So, yeah. That's what I'd say. I would say, um, and I think it was a therapist that told me this once, um, just because their family does not mean they uh, deserve access to you as a person. And that's something that I've definitely, I feel, have felt more in my late 20s and have tried to like reconfigure my boundaries with certain family members, but also to like, just like your friendships, your relationships with your family, um, change like how you relate to a certain person in your family changes as you guys go through life and figure out who you are and all that stuff and like that's okay I think that's kind of been like the hardest thing for me and at this point in life is that like 
realizing that oh like growing pains happen with like family and I think that's tough too because you have this very like I so at least I think if you're lucky and you're close with your family um you have this idea of like you'll always be close and that's just like not the case for everyone and like that shifts so that's just something I've um I've thought about a lot and also like not feeling bad about it because I feel like sometimes I felt bad about changing my modes of communication because they're family and it, like it should be different um but like not not forcing myself to communicate with people that I don't necessarily feel I need to communicate with that's good um and our last one what would you tell your younger self about yourself <laughs> I don't know if that question makes sense but um I'll kick it off I guess um I would tell my younger self that you're great and I know that seems kind of like generic but I've talked about it so much on this podcast how much I struggled with self-doubt and and self-esteem and all of that stuff that I feel like, especially young Black women, and more specific to this podcast, young Black women who grew up or grow up in the suburbs struggle with because every step of the way, people are doubting you and negging you just because of the way you exist in your body, right? But I would say like, what people say does not hold merit. It's how you feel about yourself that matters. And I have a quick story and then I'll be done. Um, just to show my, my growth or what I feel like is my growth. Um, last weekend, I went to Chinatown. I was alone. Um, I went to this BTS event and I'm just living my life, listening to some Beyonce, what have you. And I get off the subway and this old man comes up to me and he's like screaming in my face, talking about how big and strong I look. And he keeps on saying, you're so big. You look so strong. You're so big. Like he just kept on screaming this in my face. And he was saying how men would love to look like you. Men want to be you, all this other stuff. And this, I still perceive it as negative, but years ago, maybe two years ago, that would have set me into a tailspin. That would have made me want to turn around and go home. It would have made me wonder about how everyone else views me. It would have made me want to crumble inside of myself. And now hearing him say that is kind of like, okay, well, it's not his job to comment on my body. He's doing the most. Shut the fuck up, old man, go somewhere. But also it's like, I do look strong and that's not a bad thing. Being strong is not the antithesis of being feminine. You know, being strong is a good thing. And I do look strong. I do look big. That is my body and that's okay. That's fine. That's good. I'm still that bitch regardless. I'm still that girl. I look like a damn Titan, period, you know? And I'm just, I'm really proud of myself for coming so far about how I feel about myself inside and out. Yeah, that's a that's amazing, Janae. I don't think a lot of people would get to that. And I think it's so easy because 
you know, this world is just so mean to to people who aren't like a size two or like particularly like, you know, bigger women and people just have to open their mouths and say something. But it's like, why does that define masculinity and like being feminine and like what is attractive? Also, people are like delusional because I feel like people also want to keep saying like, as if men don't like different bodies or like bigger women but I have a friend and she be bagging like the hottest dudes I've ever seen in my life listen I posted a picture of myself on my Instagram stories on Sunday and I had hella hella DM activity and I was just like another day being me yeah I think there's a huge misconception that men only like a certain type of body and I I just I don't know I've never seen that and I think people just say it as a way to like be mean and like hurtful but it's like that's that's not true babes like yeah and I also think in this specific instance this guy didn't mean this as a negative thing I think he meant it as a compliment I just think the way other people perceive it and the way the world has socialized being big and strong would is negative but yeah it's 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 definitely a weird thing to say to someone you don't know um but I've gotten it my whole life (laughs) yeah no people will say whatever because it's like I didn't ask you like you know it's like your hair so big I'm aware I have I have a mirror thanks like your light skin thank you again didn't need the comment but I'm aware like who's going next about what they'd say to their younger self if anyone has anything if you don't have anything it's fine I basically say the same thing like you like growing up in a white school I probably would just tell myself like babes if you could just get through high school I promise you this shit's gonna be 180 as soon as you graduate and it's not even gonna be questionable like these people are peaking left and right they look old they're ugly it's it's a wrap it's not even a competition so that's what I would tell myself uh, I would just tell myself you don't have to be perfect all the time and uh, so concerned with disappointing people because uh, you're a human and you're flawed. So I think that caused me and still causes me a lot of anxiety. So I'm not going to say like it's not something I'm still working through because um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like you end up trying to, but I also think it comes back to like ideas of black women being difficult so because that you know you're very aware of that perception then you try to be very pleasing and accommodating to people and then acting in ways that are not natural to who you are as a person um and I still catch myself being in situations like that as an adult but it's more something I'm, I'm more aware of and like actively working on so that's just something I would tell my younger self because I do think it caused a lot of uh stress and like <laughs> anxiety and depression <laughs> I saw this guy on TikTok who was saying that perfectionism is like a tentpole of white supremacy um, and that the idea of perfectionism has basically been pushed on society to make the majority of people feel like they're not good enough and to make everyone work harder and basically be like um, enslaved to capitalism. But who knows? Um, This is a good episode, I think. Lastly... We'll move on to my segment, The Shits, which I think I'm going to Reddit for now on for these. I love Reddit, okay? Um, I found a good story on the Am I the Asshole thread where people write in basically asking, am I the asshole? 
Here we go. My friend, Isla, 26 female, and I, 26 female, have known each other since middle school. We applied to the same college and got in. However, Isla got pregnant after a few months and decided to drop out. She's had three more accidental pregnancies and is now a stay-at-home mother of four. I was telling her the other day that I'm going to travel to Europe, and if all goes well, I'll be moving there. She got really annoyed with me and told me that it must be nice to have all the freedom and no responsibilities. Like, hello, I work, I'm doing my PhD, and it's not like I'm just sitting on my ass because I don't have kids. This is not the first time she took jabs at me for that, but it is the first time she was this rude. I told her that if she wanted to be free and go off whenever and wherever she wanted, she should have used protection and thought before having kids. Our conversation was at my house and her kids were not there. She got really mad and left, slamming the door on her way out. She hasn't replied to my messages, but she started telling everyone what an awful person I am. Am I the asshole for snapping at her? So I will say, I know you died. I will say that I found this thread yesterday and it only had like 300 votes, 300 upvotes. And now it has 13,000 upvotes. So, and like 2000 comments, I commented on it, but I want to know what y'all's opinions are. I'm going to, can I, I'm just going to go really quick because this dog's mom is coming in two minutes. So I'm just going to step out really quick to give the dog back. But um, I think it's funny because people with kids kind of, sometimes I see that they're always like a little jealous of the freedom, but it's like, you chose this life. Like it's almost like projecting and maybe it's just because they're like, you know, had a bad day with the kids. But it's also like, if you buck up with me, don't get, don't be afraid that I'm going to, you know, buck up back, you know? So it's like, I don't know. I feel like she, the friend was kind of throwing jabs. So it's like, girl, if you wanted that life, you could have had it. The fuck. So I feel her. Okay. Amari, thoughts? One, not her using first names and identifications on Reddit. I was like, the internet crazy. They finna find this girl. Um, yeah, I... I think the I think it has more to do with her friend projecting, mm-hmm. like her own dissatisfaction with how her life is onto her friend um so I mean I think I don't know like I don't think I think not not like say like both are wrong but it's like I think her friend doing that is like throwing jabs is annoying and it's wrong and it's unfair um I also think her being like well you should have used protection and like, you know, thought before you have kids when we all know like legit accidents do happen. Um, maybe she's like, well, you had accidents like four times. So like how accidental is it? Um, I don't know. It just seems like kind of messy, but I also don't talk to my, I feel like I don't talk to my friends like that. So I also don't know. Like, yeah, I, you and I have a very similar reaction to this where it's kind of like, you're not the asshole. She didn't need to say that. And her being jealous is kind of annoying. However, at the same time, it's so obvious that her friend is projecting. And it's so obvious to the point where I'm wondering why you're so upset. Like, I feel like I know when my friend is projecting, I'm just be like, whatever, girl, get over yourself. And I feel like if you care about this friendship, 
it may be worth instead of like saying like snapping back asking her why she would say that to you like if you care about this friendship like why are you saying this to me where is this coming from because you want to at that point you just want to be as hurtful to her as like you just want to hurt her the way she hurt you exactly um and i can understand that like um that re- having that reaction or just like but i think also like maybe that's also because like i'm not that like if it, one it would take me forever to realize how much she insulted me before i even had a response like i would have gone home <laughs> thought about that called her back and been like um i feel like you said something to me that like kind of really hurt my feelings so like, yeah talk it, talk it out um but in the moment i probably would like you know, like, hey, like, I can do this stuff, but like, I still got to get my priorities in check before I'm able to go off and do it. And I would probably, probably try to problem shoot with her. Like, maybe there's a way we can figure out for you to like, have a mommy vacation by exactly. yourself. <laughs> like, like, I don't, I feel like if this is a, if this is a friend that I'm low key, like frenemies with, and the hoe annoys me, then I'm going to react this way. That's yes. the reaction I have. But if yes. this is a friend that I really care about, and I really care about their like our relationship, I'm not trying to get even with you. I'm trying to problem solve. Like I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out how, why you feel this way and why you're saying this and how we can level this out. Because I'm sure if you take a second and ask her, like, like she says that and you're like, whoa, like what's up? That kind of hurts. You know how hard I work. She probably would have said, I'm sorry, girl. I just get a little jealous sometimes seeing you out here have fun. And I'm just kind of stuck with four kids. Like, it would have been that damn simple. You right. Know? So. But I also do think the even from the way she, I mean, I mean, it's facts, but like even from the way she introduced the situation, it was like, oh, we, you know, got, went to school together. Like we applied to the same college. We got in, like I continued on and she dropped out. I wonder if like a middle school has there been, like you said, like this frenemy situation or like this yeah. comparison situation. So I don't, I don't know. I just think it's, um, you know, uh, like if someone said like, it must be nice to have freedom and no responsibility, I would probably laugh because I'm like, girl, I may not have kids, but like, it's a different type of responsibility. Um, and I was just probably being honest, like, dang, that kind of (laughs) hurt. Yeah. A lot of the comments on here were pretty cutthroat, which is why I felt the need to comment. But a, a lot of the comments were kind of like, you know, not OP's fault. Her friend decided to be a baby factory. That's not on her. Like, it's the friend's fault for having tons of kids. And I'm like, I just feel like it's so mean to say it's her fault for having lots of kids. Sure, homegirl could have worn protection. But like, we all know that protection doesn't always work. And there's a lot of going into to having kids. And I'm sure that this person has been in a long-term relationship with someone that they trusted. And sometimes using protection was not a priority. Kids happen. I'm, I'm not excusing it, but I just feel like it's not fair to just be like, she's a baby factory. The wench shouldn't have had so many kids. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like there's also like, yeah, I feel like there's also like a lot of like personal context to who she is as a person behind that statement, where it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know her upbringing. I don't know her family situation. I don't know her access to healthcare. I just like don't know a lot of things. So like, just, I don't know. I I, I feel like these these forms are interesting and that people seem so um, 
concrete in their like evaluations of people and it's like you don't know like you just don't know so I'm like not gonna I don't know and also it's colored by one side of the story of one side um not both because you know let the friend tell it OP could have always had like a I'm better than you added yeah like I'm better than you so yeah who knows I don't know but anyway, um, I guess I guess we're done for the day. That that was what I had, um, and I don't typically, folks. We have like a like a written down thing, which I don't remember our outro. So I'm just gonna say thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter discord at sufficiently blk i i think that's what it is um sufficiently black podcast oh sufficient- no, sufficiently blk email is sufficiently black podcast at gmail.com but you didn't oh. get there yet you, okay. you remembered it really well i'm gonna shut up no amari you said it that was the the gmail hit us up talk to us um i hope you guys enjoyed this episode all right bye bye Thank you.